You're listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast. I'm your host, Lizzie Benton, culture consultant and founder of Liberty Mind, and I want to inspire people to create unique company cultures where our human potential can thrive. In this podcast, I talk to organizations and employees about the impact of company culture. Together, we can make it thrive. Hi, and welcome to Make It Thrive. Today, we have Zoe Whitman, founder of But The Books, bookkeeping practice, and we're going to tackle the small stuff when it comes to company culture. Hi, Zoe. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. So tell us a bit about your experience in different company cultures. Sure. Um, I'm an accountant and I started my career in local government. So I suppose you could say that's quite a sort of slow paced, old fashioned um, culture. Um, (laughs) I actually got to my first job and I was told I'd have a job for life. And I don't think you hear that anywhere anymore. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Um, So that was a quite bureaucratic environment to work in. um, And I went on from there to work for quite a few large organisations and a bank. So similar kind of cultures, all quite sort of slow moving sometimes quite difficult to get things done Um, sometimes long hours cultures as well particularly in financial services Um, but now I run my own business so that's completely different because I've tried to make a completely different culture try to be quite relaxed and as flexible as possible Um, yeah definitely learning from the, the sort of lessons of my employers in the past gosh yeah there's a lot of kind of red tape I've heard when it comes to corporate cultures but what was your sort of biggest frustration about company culture or lack of culture in those types of organisations? I think it's a big cliche, but there's no doubt that I was a really small part of a massive machine. Um, and sometimes I felt like we weren't particularly well looked after because um, it's easy for anything to be somebody else's problem. And I found it quite difficult to get things done and to get things changed, even if everyone was saying you know this needs to change often you'd have to take something to a committee or get it approved by a management team or something like that yeah and I had quite a difficult um I went through quite a difficult recruitment process when I joined one employer maybe that should have been a lesson not to go for that (laughs) but um I think that's part of being in a really large organization um it's just quite difficult to get anything done and and get the information that you need so quite a few frustrations I suppose (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I think onboarding is a really good one to be frustrated about. I mean, I know so many people say, actually, it is the first impression of working for that company. And it's so difficult because during the recruitment process, everybody's trying to look their best. You know, the candidates trying to look their best, the employees trying to look their best. And perhaps that leads us to sort of an a misunderstanding when it comes to onboarding because the expectations are so different yeah definitely I think in this particular case they were recruiting a large team and it was there was a recruit you know recruitment consultancy involved and loads of people going to loads of interviews a bit of a sort of conveyor belt system and that kind and that does happen a lot when you've got sort of I know work moves from one team somewhere else in the country or abroad into the UK or into another team and then Mm. trying to recruit these massive teams and I can see why it's difficult to get it right Uh, but I think from a from the point of view of the person being interviewed it didn't feel great. 
Yeah, it kind of feels very impersonal as well, doesn't it? Like you're not really treated as an individual. You're sort of yeah. treated en masse, like very much as a resource yeah. um, rather than the individual that you are. Yeah, that's. I think that's the first time I felt that from a recruitment process, but it was eye-opening, definitely. Gosh, yeah. And so what kind of made you start your own business then? Um. Well... I'm a mum, this is a cliche, Um, I'm a mum, I started a business while I was on maternity leave, Um, I felt like when I went back to work, so I was working in financial services, and I thought when I go back to work, I do want to go back, um, but I want to go back part time, and actually if I can do a bit of freelance work on the side, I might not have to go back quite so many days, so um, I sort of set up a business which would allow me to have a day a week of work from home and that would mean I could perhaps have a bit more time with my daughter but in practice it meant I had less time with my daughter (laughs) (laughs) when you start a business yes (laughs) um so I I did go back to work um for about six months but I realized that there was quite a high demand for me to be working freelance and so I decided that I'd make the business full-time and um yeah I've since had another child as well so it's work it's working really well because it just means that I can be really flexible about I'm obviously on maternity leave at the moment but I can be really flexible when I go back to work about what I want to do and when I when I can work Um, yeah of course fantastic so do you think that that kind of flexibility can be offered sort of within a corporate culture or do you think it's really hard for for people to find that right balance because I mean flexible working you know the right to request flexible working came in a few years ago now but um it still seems like there's a bit of difficulty around that area do you think it's quite difficult for people to request flexible working or feel like they're kind of you know put into a box almost because they're asking for it um I don't really I don't necessarily think you're put into a box I think when you go part-time or something it can affect your career just simply because you're not in the office as much as other people so you can't build up the same level of experience as quickly as somebody who's in the office full time yeah um I do know other mums who've been whose whose requests for flexible working have been turned down so that must be really difficult for them um I just that you don't really see jobs advertised as part-time or no. flexible hours they're if you're an external candidate you tend to see them as full-time jobs and you need to put I, I still think if you're looking for a flexible job or a part-time job you should still apply for those jobs but you should say that you want on a part-time basis it's yeah definitely yeah it's it's much easier to get a part-time role if you're already working for somebody and you can put forward a case for how yes that work that could work part-time or how you could job share and I, I'm, I'm sort of talking from the other side of the table when I've sort of recruited when I've worked for large corporates as well um but I mean, from in the business that I run now, I have got, we're a team of four and three people in the team happen to be mums, um, including me. And I have really made an effort to make sure that we can work flexibly because there isn't a need. We're not driven by everything has to be done on the first Friday of the month or something like that. Yeah, yeah. We do what we need to do. I really don't mind when it's done. People can work in the middle of the night if they need to. Um, yeah. If they want to, <laughs> not if they need to. Um, That's such a good point, definitely. I think the thing is as well, there's so many different types of flexible working now. People just think, um, you know, there's one set way. 
And there are so many different ways of flexibly working and kind of making that case. I think it's, um, you know, people just need to perhaps be, um, you know, find the the right case for them and what's going to work for both them, I suppose, and discuss it with the employer. Yeah. I think that's the really difficult part. It has to be a, a conversation, I suppose. Um, and a lot there's a lot of fear around the conversation itself but actually if we took that fear away then I think more people could find that work-life balance and there'd be less pressure especially as especially as parents or mothers um to you know have that fear of oh gosh I've got to go back to work and I feel really guilty um, but I want to work so it's it's all that kind of amalgamation of emotions really isn't it yeah and I think you know, technology allows us to do so much more in terms of flexibility. And that's only a shift that we've seen in the last couple of years. And I think if I'd started this business 10 years ago, I wouldn't have been able to say to people, you can work from home, you can, you know, because they just wouldn't have been able to, but we've got the tools now um, where we sat together. And the only place, I mean, a lot of the places that I've worked before haven't had flexible working unless, you know, it's something that you've specifically requested for your because of whatever maternity or maternity or having children or whatever but um, yeah in local government they did do flexible working really well I really should give them credit for that because they had a sort of you'd work some core hours but around that it didn't really matter what time you started work it didn't matter what time you finished work um as long as you were in the office for some core hours and then you'd be able to build up a balance of sort of flexi time which would allow you to take off days off if you needed to and that that's brilliant Um, and I think that's the only when I look back at sort of the places that I've worked I think oh that could have been really good having children because it's the days when you when they're off sick from nursery or something those are the ones that really mess everything else up because you (laughs) plan around everything else Fantastic. So how does the culture differ now sort of to the cult, the corporate culture that you were quite used to? How have you kind of created your own kind of company culture and, and tried to create that balance for people as well? Um, well, everyone that I'm, I've recruited works part time. Um, that was driven by a business need, really, because um, I had a growing business and I wanted to scale. Um, so it's a bookkeeping practice. So we have um, we take on work for small businesses who need help with their accounts and tax returns. I didn't need to take on somebody full time straight away. I needed some sort of flexible part time resource who could just work whenever and pick up different jobs. So that's actually worked quite well in allowing me to take on people who can work flexible hours. Um, and we, I mean, we don't all work to, together every day in the same location, but we're in constant contact. We use um, we use Trello so we can have a list of the jobs that are happening and people can comment on what work they've done and things like that. So that's allowed us to work different times. Um, I've just tried to involve the team a lot in what what the business does or how we grow and how we change so we were looking for office space and I got the team involved I was like right you've got work <laughs> where you know where would we like to be um so that you know that's really nice and I think if you can get your team involved in making those important decisions they they buy into things and they're more sort of motivated and more committed um yeah, we have like a monthly monthly team meeting and all the sort of things that you'd expect if you were a sort of corporate business. I try and have one-to-ones with everybody. Um, but 
because I involve them in conversations about the strategy, we just have this sort of trust. And I think it works. The flexibility works because we trust each other. They, you know, they know I trust them and they respect me and they do what needs to be done. And I find that they're very conscientious because perhaps because I'm not looking over their shoulder all the time. Yeah, they actually they need to justify what they've been doing a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So they've got this real, like you've instilled this like autonomy, essentially, haven't you, within your culture without even, I suppose, really realising you've given people the trust and respect to carry out the job. And I think that's that's pretty impressive, really. You know, I think there's so many organisations that do too much of that looking over the shoulder, checking up on people. And I think that's where people can start to get frustrated and feel like they're children more than adults, um, you know, being respected in their job role. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I think I've definitely worked places where there's been a sort of them and us culture or a sort of view about the management team, that they're these, you know, special people and, you know, they're checking up on everything you do and any sort of incentive that comes from the 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 management team to change something you know perhaps they identify a problem and they're like right let's get this changed but if the management team suggests it you don't always get buy-in from the team it's if you've got um, if everybody sort of gets together and says right we want to change this and then um if they're involved in those decisions it's going to make I don't know people more motivated to be involved and actually make the change happen Absolutely, because they're, they're bought, you're bought into the vision then, aren't you, rather than kind of not be considered. Um, there's, there's real sort of feedback and conversation and it improves, it always improves and creates a better idea and more innovation when, when people are involved and feel like they've been heard. They don't necessarily even have to buy into exactly what that employee you know, is saying, but actually even having the chance to sometimes be part of that conversation makes you feel involved in the final outcome. Definitely. Rather than just complaining about something, if you if you feel you've got the opportunity to voice your opinion about how things could change, yeah, even if it's not carried through, that that's going to make a difference to how you feel, isn't it? So what kind of impact has this shift had on your life now that you've got a different sort of culture and that you're kind of managing this culture as well? Yeah, I, I definitely feel... I'm obviously in control and it, it's much, much less stressful. I think when I was working part time and I had a little one at home or in nursery, I was always worried about, you know, what if I can't meet a deadline because she's not very well or something like that. I don't feel like that anymore because I'm in control of the workload and when things happen. Mm. And I also know I, I haven't built this very restrictive sort of timetable around the work and um, so clients know when things are going to happen um, but we if we sort of start the work soon if we start the work very early it means that you've got lots of wriggle room if something goes wrong um, yeah definitely and that's made me feel a lot happier Um I'm working somewhere that I sort of genuinely want to be and I I suppose this is the thing when you run your own business I've hired people that I want to work with that you know you're not always <laughs> You're not always that lucky when you're in a workplace because you're thrown together with people who can do the job. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you know, that obviously has made a difference to how I feel about things. Um, and I get to choose my clients and things like that. So that that's another benefit. But the, the yeah. culture generally, you know, we're working in a nice environment. We've got a nice office. We all want to be there. We get on um, we trust each other. That that just makes a huge difference to how you feel. So I yeah. really love it. 
it's such small things as well, you know, like um, a lot of companies think they have to do all these grand gestures and have all these crazy work perks and incentives. But actually, you know, a lot of this comes down to the small stuff, you know, trust and giving people that respect and responsibility to to do a good job. Yeah, I, I well. think that, you know, I've got some, some of the team are quite junior, but I have given them a lot of responsibility because how can you learn and grow unless somebody says right this is what I need you to do you know this is the outcome that I'm expecting go away have a go and shout if you know I'm always here to answer questions um and that does give them that yeah sort of autonomy that we talked about um something that's helped with that as well is we have sort of video videos for training so if there's like a new process I try and record a video on how to do it which means that I don't always have to be there if people have questions they can check back and look at the video so that oh, brilliant. flexibility but also it shows that I've sort of thought through stumbling blocks they might have and I guess people feel a bit better looked after than if they're just given a sheet of paper with some bullet points of do this do this yeah definitely no, I love that because it's as well, I think it's, you've been in their position and that's really important. You know, you're passing on that that knowledge and that support and you're going to have complete empathy when they stumble on something rather than a command and control attitude that so many sort of managers have. Yeah. So what advice would you give to others who may be feeling frustrated with their company culture? I think it, it depends on how much control you've got. Um, if you've got the opportunity to make a change or be involved in a getting involved in a team that's going to make a change to something, try and do that because you as a as a team with your other colleagues will be able to really like make something happen and people will just feel more motivated and they want to be part of whatever that initiative is because you're driving it. Um, I mean, if you cut. If you don't feel like you can make a change, you have to speak to your sort of line manager about, you know, what is the process to get to make something different? Um, It's different in every workplace. Absolutely. No, I think that's some really solid advice. Well, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on company culture. And it sounds like you've got something really exciting going on there at But The Books. I will share all of Zoe's links in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me, Zoe. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast with me, your host, Lizzie Benton. If you've enjoyed listening and want to keep up with all things culture, don't forget to subscribe. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to welcoming you back next week.